Black Girls in Media podcast main mission is to educate, encourage, and inspire women of all ages and fields of media. We use our own life experiences, guest tips, and Black culture to move our stories. We aim to teach, uplift, and guide all of our listeners to find ways to connect the dots to achieve their dreams. Hello, Black Girls in Media family. Welcome back to another episode. Today is our first time having someone that works in casting. So we are very excited to bring you these gems. We are featuring Loretta Troutman. But before we get into her interview, let me introduce our co-host. I am Shelby Denise Smith. I'm Dante Ramos. And my name is Kelly Ray. So Loretta, thank you so much for being here with us. Hey, thank you for having me. <laughs> I'm so excited to be here and speaking with you ladies today. Our pleasure. We are very excited for the wisdom you're about to share. So for one, tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are today. Okay, um, so I was born and raised in Dayton, Ohio, which is about 45 minutes south of Cincinnati, four hours away from Cleveland. Those are the cities that people usually know. But um, yeah, born and raised in Dayton, Ohio. I was surrounded by a bunch of different performers growing up. Um, my dad is a musician. My uncles are musicians. My brother was very much a theater kid. So I was always at some production of The Lion King or The Wiz, some type of muse machine. And I've always been sort of enamored by performers and the performing arts. So I just kind of remember after every production, there's like this let out at the end and all of the performers would come to wherever, you know, everyone was kind of gathering and everyone would be like, oh my God, Thomas, who's my brother, oh my God, Thomas, you did so good, you did so great, you're amazing. And I would kind of get like pushed out of the way and I would be like, hold on, wait a minute, wait a minute, I'm here as well. Um, I have gifts and talents as well. And I was very shy as a kid. Um, so after that, I kind of started to get more comfortable with actually being on the stage. And I started acting myself along with my brother um, and so I did theater from about elementary up until high school. And then when I was about 16 years old, I got the opportunity to be in a short film as an extra. Um, I didn't have any lines, but you couldn't tell me any differently. I said, I am the star of the show. I am here. Where do you need me to sit? Where do you need me to stand? You need me to wave is like a one, two, three, four, is a one, two, three. I don't know, I don't care. I'm just here and I'm ready to show up. Um, and so me and my mom were these extras in <laughs> these short films or this short film rather than, and the scene was like a baseball game. So we were sitting in the crowd and I just remember kind of seeing all of the organized chaos behind the scenes. You have directors running across the field and you have somebody saying something into the walkie talkie and then you have wardrobe coming out and hair and makeup running up to the actors right before they call action. I was like, oh my gosh. So this is what I need to be doing. This is what I want to do. I think I want to be on that side of the camera. Um, so when it came time for me to look for schools to go to for college, I actually was going to go to school to be a nurse. 
And because I thought that that was what my family was going to be proud of. Um, and so me and my mom, we toured a few colleges. And then at the end of my tours, she was like, okay, so what do you really want to do? And I'm like, huh, I want to go to nursing school. I want to go to college. I want to be a nurse. She was like, Loretta, what do you want to do? And I'm like, I want to work in TV. I want to work in film. Um, I want to be a part of that organized chaos. And so I applied film schools. I decided to go to um, Full Sail University in Orlando, Florida. And that's where I studied film and I earned a bachelor's degree in 2017. Um, and one day in school, I was leaving and my friend Yasmin, she pulled me in the hallway and she was like, Greta, what are you doing right now? I'm like, girl, I'm about to go home, honey. I was just in a three hour lecture. I'm gonna go watch Netflix. That's what I'm about to do. She was like, I really need your help with these auditions um, for the short film. I had someone pull out last minute. I just need you to you know, read with the actors. And I'm like, I wanna go home. <laughs> I wanna watch Netflix, three hour lecture. And she was like, I'll buy you dinner. And that's music to a broke college student's ears. So I'm like, yeah, I I'm like, what? Give, me the, give me the script, give me the script. What do you need me to do? So um, the auditions took about two hours long. And at the end of it, I was literally in tears because I discovered my purpose. I discovered my passion. I discovered the thing that really made my heart flutter. And we really weren't even taught about casting in school, honestly. So it just kind of fell into my lap, you know, by accident. Well, I don't really believe in accidents, but you know, that's just kind of how that destiny unfolded for me. And so after that, I started doing like local commercials and a bunch of different uh, short films at school. And then um, graduated in 2017 and packed all my stuff up, went back to Ohio for about two weeks. And right before I graduated, I was applying to every type of internship in the television world you could think of. Um, I started applying to different casting offices and obviously didn't hear anything back. So I'm like, okay, cool. I'll just stay home in Ohio. I'll work for the summer and then I'll move to Atlanta or LA at the end of this year. Um, and on like a random Tuesday night, I got an email from a casting office here in Los Angeles and again, I was broke post-college, didn't have any work really, was working at Forever 21, making $7 an hour. We need to talk about minimum wage in America because it's a mess, but won't have time for that right now. It's another podcast, another day. But um, thank God for my mom. Thank God for my support system because my mom put her broke post-college student on a flight, a red-eye flight to get to that L.A., casting office in the morning and I interviewed didn't get the job and I was staying at this hotel an extended stay in Burbank and after I came back from that interview and later that day when they told me that they were going another way I literally was sitting in the middle of this hotel room looking at my suitcase that had two bras and five shirts and two pairs of socks and a notebook and I said well we're already here. So we might as well just, you know, stay and keep going in verbatim. I was like, all right, let's get it, sis. There's nothing back 
in Ohio for us. Let's just see what happens, you know? And immediately I knew that um, that interview wasn't, you know, placed in my inbox that night for me to get the job. It was placed in my inbox for me to get to California. Um, and that was my mindset sitting there. So after that, I just kind of lived in a hotel for three weeks. And then uh, my friend Taylor, shout out to Taylor. I know she's going to listen. Um, I slept on her couch for about five weeks and every single day was a new adventure. I got out, you know, I didn't soak in my feelings. I was out networking. I was stalking people on LinkedIn, um, you know, just kind of putting myself out there trying to figure out how I could get my foot in the door. And so um, through that stalking on LinkedIn, I met this lady named Felicia Davis at the time. She was the director of casting for NBC, um, black woman. I reached out to her, I was like, hey, I don't want anything from you. I don't want a job. I just need you to take a phone call with me and let me know what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, how do I get to where you are? Just give me some insight, please. And she responded and she took a 10 minute phone call for me. I still have the notes from that phone call. Um, she encouraged me. She told me what I needed to do. And about maybe two weeks later, I started working with this lady named Minister Williams who does commercial casting, um, working with her for a couple of weeks. And she hired me on as an assistant. A couple of weeks after that, I got an interview at Disney and ABC for their intern position, for their casting position. Um, and unbeknownst to me at the moment, the person who did my interview was actually really good friends with Felicia. And we didn't know that we both knew each other. Felicia is the lady that I took the phone call with. We didn't know that we knew each other at the time. We didn't know that until the end of the interview. And so that just sparked a whole bunch of excitement between us. And um, I ended up getting you know, the internship and yeah, the rest is kind of history. That definitely is a bunch of series of events that led up to everything. Like you said, you have a purpose, yes. you have a story. Just listening to that in my head, I'm like, wow, I feel like I am somewhat living that too, you know, kind of being stuck, staggered, not sure where to go. And just taking that leap, like you said, there was nothing there for you. And you took those steps and now you're, you did your first casting actually with Netflix. So can we talk about um, that? You actually getting your first casting, being a part of being a casting director and a big project. Yeah. So um, I worked on All About the Washingtons in 2018 as a casting assistant. And um, that came about again, kind of through destiny. So there's network casting, studio casting, and then there's independent casting. Independent casting is more creatively driven. That's where you have your um, casting directors and we are actually reading and wrangling the actors and working with them on this material. And we kind of bring those choices to the studio and network and the studio and network kind of um, approves or denies it for whatever reason, right? Um, so when I was interning, I was on the studio and network side of it all. Um, and Jesse Diesla, who was the director of casting at ABC at the time, was right outside, or my, um, my desk was right outside of her office. And um, 
I remember walking into her office one day and asking her if she would call the casting directors for Blackish um, so I could shadow them because that's ultimately what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a casting director and never really wanted to work in network casting is too corporate for me. I'm not a corporate girl at all. I am very much a creatively driven human being. Um, so Jesse Deesla called Alexis and Christine, who were the casting directors for Blackish. And um, I went over to their office maybe a week later, shadowed them. They let me sit in on a couple of sessions. Uh, we went to a table read and I just kind of had the time of my life. And then I went back the following week um, and they offered me a job at their office. So they were like, we love you. We all kind of clicked immediately. We all meshed really well. And that was like on a Thursday. And, you know, typically you have to put in a two week notice for the corporate world. And I was like, okay, well, I need two weeks to put in my two week notice. And they were like, we need you on Monday. So I was like, see you ABC. Thanks for everything. Shout out to everybody. I have fun, but you know, I'm going with the independent girls and all about the Washingtons was the very first show that they brought me on to. So that's kind of how that happened, you know, opening my mouth. My grandmother always said, closed mouths don't get fed. So um, who would have known, you know, or what would have happened if I never really walked into Jesse's office and said, hey, can I shadow these lovely ladies? Because this is what I want to do, you know? That's fabulous. And sometimes yeah. you just got to do what you got to do. You got to do what you got to do. And speaking of, for someone who is interested in getting into the filming industry, but still in school right now, what are some skills you suggest that they should be working on or even like some internships or jobs that they should try to secure? So for television in general, I would say networking is your biggest asset. You know, they always talk about, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And your talent will definitely keep you, but it's kind of who you know, who will like get you through the door. And I am, I like to describe myself as an introverted extrovert. And so I don't like people. Um, I like my four friends that I have. I don't really like talking to other people, but you know, especially when I got out here to LA and I didn't have anything, I didn't know anyone. Um, I really had to learn how to network and kind of come out of my shell. And it's okay to be yourself. It's okay to be shy. It's okay to be reserved. But just knowing how to genuinely talk to people and connect people, I mean, just for your humanity in general. But, um, you know, a lot of my friends who work in production, they're like, yeah, I got this job because my homegirl called me up and said, hey, are you free to do such and such for these dates? And I was on set. And then from there, those producers and the people who are hiring you um, start to learn your name and they know your work. And so they'll call you back for the next project and the next project, but it all started with, you know, that call from that homegirl or your homeboy. So just, you know, looking on something like Eventbrite for different events that are happening um, that'll help you with networking for sure. Um, but yeah, that's probably one of the biggest things is networking. The other thing that, helped me, especially in school, was um, self-education. You know, for people who want to get into casting, you need to know who the writers were on certain 
TV show. You need to stay for the credits at the end of a movie because all of those names that are rolling by are all the jobs that could be yours potentially, all the people that you need to know, all the people that you can stop on you know, LinkedIn and kind of connect with. So self-education, know your stuff, know your producers, know your directors, um, know your casting directors. If you wanna get into casting, you need to know your actors. If your boss turns to you and they go, who was that one girl that was in that one movie with you know, the weird eyebrow, you need to be able to say, who that is and how do you educate yourself as a casting director or casting professional, you watch TV, you know? You watch TV, you watch films, you study the actors, um, you write them down. I like to make flashcards. I rewatch series. I've watched Star on Fox probably 60 times and I can name everybody in every episode. Um, those small little guest stars, the people who are on for two episodes who are really great actors, um, are people that you should remember and people that you can suggest for, you know, series regulars roles, people who can, you know, potentially lead their own series, you know, but how would you know them if you didn't watch them for those two episodes on, you know, television. So self-education and networking while in school were two of my biggest assets for sure. That's such good advice. Yeah. Amazing <laughs> advice. Yeah. And to close, um, I want to gear towards those who are interested in being casted. So mm -hmm. do you have any advice for individuals who are coming from small towns, trying to make it big? Mm -hmm. I mean, what advice would you give them? Um, well, I'm going to get you like I get all of my family and my friends. It is cast, C-A-S-T, not cast it. Everybody gets in trouble with me with that. Yes, I gotta my mom would be like, Loretta, it's not hurted. It didn't hurt it. Or it's not Mines. Mines is a city in Jericho. So I'm being Timiko Troutman right now. And I'm saying it's cast. Everybody is cast, not cast it. So I'm going to get you. If I hear you saying cast it, you will not get the role. If <laughs> I say I'm an actor, I want to get casted on uh, Blackish. I'm going to say, well, no. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, but advice for actors who want to get into the business. Um, same thing, learning how to network, self-educating. Um, if you want to be on a series and you get an audition for something, you need to know what that writer's style is like. Watch a couple of episodes. You need to know uh, what, the, what the vibe of the show is like, you know? Um, auditioning for something like Blackish would be very different from auditioning for something like Insecure. You know, it's two different worlds and you need to make sure you know your producers, your writers, your directors and styles by name. Um, also making sure you have uh, updated headshots is important. You know, we need to be able to see you as you are. Um, more advice. So a lot of people think that casting professionals are the ones that put out the auditions and like bring you in. And we do, we, we put out breakdowns so that agents and managers can submit you. So your biggest thing as an actor is obviously training and making sure you're good, but also getting an agent or a manager in the process is a bit easier than most people think. 
um, your agent and manager can get you upwards of 10 auditions a week versus if I'm like, oh, I know this person, they might be good for this role. That might happen once or twice a week, if that, you know? So um, the process of getting an agent and manager is very important. You basically just search agents and managers in Los Angeles, Chicago, New York, um, Florida, and Georgia. Those are like the major cities that we usually put breakdowns out in. Um, and then just submit your resume and your headshot. And they might take a meeting with you and they'll see if you fit the roster or not. And then, you know, then you have representation. And then it may put you out for 30 things in a week. And two of those things might come across our desk in a casting office for a show. So again, self-educating, headshots, agent and manager and training. Awesome. This was great. You should really be a teacher. I feel like you would be a great or teacher because you have so much information and you make it digestible for people to understand. Yeah. Well, you know what it is? Um, I like to think that I am very intelligent. I am for sure. Um, but sometimes when people kind of talk in circles or they're very clear and direct, even if I'm looking for something as simple as like a boyfriend or, you know, just a date, I, I want the information to be digestible. I want to be able to follow what you are saying, um, and at the beginning of my career, I kind of had to figure a lot of things out for myself. And I feel like if someone, Miss Felicia did sit down with me for 10 minutes, but, you know, I reached out to a lot of people and I feel like if they would have just sat down and kind of told me point A to Z and let me pick and choose what parts I kind of want to take home in my backpack, that would have helped me a lot more. So I try to be as helpful as possible, you know? A lot of people don't like talking to actors and helping them out, but I love it, you know, because everybody needs that. Yes. You know, at some point, everybody needs someone to advocate for them. At some point, you've heard 60 no's and you just need someone to tell you yes. And I hear you. I see you and I'm here to help you. So, you know, I love to do that for others, for sure. Right. You're such a blessing to the world. And we thank you you on this podcast episode once again we have loretta and can you let them know where they can find you yes so you can follow me on instagram at lorettatroutman.com have a lot of exciting personal content that i'm going to be putting out um pretty soon so you can follow me and just kind of stay updated there awesome and you can follow the co-hosts i'm shelby smith and you can follow me at shelves d smith I'm Dante Ramos, and you can find me at Dante's Inferno. And I'm Kelly Ray, and you can find me at It's Kelly Ray. You can also follow Black Girls in Media Podcast on Instagram, on Twitter, on TikTok, at BGIM Podcast. Thank you so much, and we will see you next week.